This is Inner Healing Paths podcast. Here we discuss the healing of the mind, body, soul, and spirit through a variety of different paths. We have emotional and spiritually minded conversations centering on ancestral healing, psychology, astrology, yoga, meditation, magic, and indigenous spiritual practices of the world. I am your host, Rosa Shetty, and I am so happy you are here. Welcome. This episode is with Gloria Osborne, LCSW. She is a licensed mental health therapist in California. And in our conversation, Gloria shared about her own healing journey. She talked about discovering her gifts, not only as a therapist, but also as an intuitive healer. Gloria tells us about her her heritage and her roots and how this has helped her journey of self-discovery. And towards the end of the episode, you're going to listen to Gloria share her knowledge of healing crystals. And she gives us very good tips on how we can use crystals to deepen our own personal healing work and meditation. I do have to give a brief disclaimer here. This podcast episode does not treat or diagnose any physical or mental health condition. This episode does not substitute for health care or mental health services of any kind. Guests have a right to share their opinion and perspective, and this does not constitute an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. So without further ado, here's the interview with Gloria Osborne. Take a listen. Hi, Gloria. Hi, Rosa. Thank you so much for coming on and and talking to us today. Yeah, of course. Excited to be here. Yeah, thank you so much. Well, you know, uh, so I wanted to get started with you sharing a little bit about yourself and, and the work that you do. Absolutely. So, um, so my name is Gloria Osborne. I'm a licensed clinical social worker. I identify as Afro-Latinx. I'm originally from Panama. I've been here uh, in the greater Los Angeles area since the age of four. So this December, uh, although I'm aging myself, it'll be 30 years uh, that I've been here. So most of my life, I have been here in LA. Uh, So very much identify as a bicultural, uh, bilingual individual as well. Uh, I am a social worker at heart. Everything that I do um, personally, professionally is so social work based, uh, really community oriented. And uh, I really just believe in uh, providing a space for people to uh, learn how to heal uh, in communion with others as well as um, for themselves. So, yeah. Oh, wonderful. Well, thank you for sharing that. And, you know, I want to get started with, uh, you know, so my, this podcast is called Inner Healing Paths. And and the reason for that is because I believe that there's so many paths that, that lead to, to healing. And when it comes to the path that, that you offer, can you tell us a little bit about from your work? How does, uh, how does healing happen? How does healing take place? Mm, what a beautiful question. How does healing take place? 
Uh, I too agree. There's so many different modalities, you know, um, when I think about healing, I really take on the like body, mind, soul approach, really thinking like physically, am I healing mind wise? Am I healing spiritually? Am I healing? Uh, and usually in my own experience, whenever I have witnessed, uh, um, motive to dive into the healing path. It comes from usually some sort of life event, or maybe you just find yourself uh, in a situation where you just feel stuck. Like, you know, what I've been doing isn't really serving me anymore, or you have some sort of transformative life event. Uh, perhaps uh, you lose a loved one, or you, uh, end a relationship, change a career, some sort of life transition, uh, or just really self-discovery, wanting to know more about yourself. So, so many different paths really do lead to healing. But in my experience, it's usually like somebody gets in a space where I'm tired of the way things are going and I want to change and I'm not quite sure how to change. I feel like I need to change. Let me just try this and see what happens. Okay, beautiful. And, and, and can you tell us a little bit about how you discovered your own calling? How did, how did oh, that journey yes. unfold for you? Yeah, absolutely. So in my own um, healing experiences, you know, just growing up, uh, I always felt different, different in the sense that uh, I was always intrigued by people, like just observing, uh, paying attention to the way people formed relationships with people. I knew I didn't grow up in a uh, quote unquote, like normal family setting, like things were um, a little strange in the sense that uh, sometimes my parents were present, sometimes they weren't, and I didn't have the vocabulary initially, but later found out like, oh, there's alcoholism here, and that's what's going on. And, um, you know, I got to a stage, I was in my adolescence at 14, where I had my first panic attack, again, didn't have the vocabulary, uh, but one day, just all the stress, you know, just really hit me. And I had an aunt who was like, you know, we have to go have you speak to someone, you have to go talk to someone. And, and I was like, okay, like didn't really know. And I went to my first therapist who ended up being an LCSW. And I remember sitting on the couch, like very traditional, like psychotherapist office, there's a couch, there are these windows, it's a calming space. And uh, he invited me to tell him a little bit about myself. And, and I did tell him, you know, um, I go to school, I love school, because school is my jam. That's where I really found um, my validation in school, I was really good at school. And I talked all about school and how much I loved it. And then it was okay, tell me about your home. And then I started sharing about home. And he goes, Well, that's interesting. Not a lot of people that have homes like that are straight A students, you know? So that was the first time somebody said to me, this isn't normal, which I had felt, but to have another adult actually say that for me uh, was so, I remember that moment like it was yesterday, just so like, oh, somebody sees me. 
like somebody sees what I've been feeling for so long, you know, and that's what really started my journey was uh, my aunt deciding, you know, I think we need to go get outside help. We don't know how to help. I think my family was, you know, there, there was the alcoholism piece that was going on and we didn't know, you know, coming from a Latinx family, a lot of those things don't get talked to outside of the family, but thank goodness that I had an aunt who was so open and said, let's have you talk to somebody. And then that's when I realized like, wow, this is a profession. People do this for a living, talk to people. I think I want to do this. I know how to relate to people. I want to be able to help people go through tough times because I had some really tough times and I was able to make it through school and uh, do really well and participate in sports and participate on student council. And uh, I wanted to be somebody for people who had home or family dynamics like mine. Like I wanted to show up. So that's where it started. It was, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm just going to be a therapist because this is, this is my calling. This is what I'm going to do. And here I am like 20 years later, 10 years in the game, like doing exactly what I thought I was going to be doing at 14. Uh, And so much has evolved since that 14 year old little girl who finally felt like, oh my gosh, I know what I'm going to do with my life. And for a job, uh, I've learned so much along the way. But in terms of where it started, that's where it really started was me finding a space to really talk about what I had been witnessing at home, have somebody normalize like, hey, this actually isn't the norm. You're extraordinary. You're doing so well in school. You can be an inspiration and then um, my own desire to want to learn more, really. Yeah, you know, that's so such a uh, powerful testament to the power of, of being seen for mm-hmm. who you are, right? For the, 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 the yeah, how powerful it, is, it was for you, you know, as a 14-year-old to have someone validate your experience for the first time and to bring awareness that you, that, you know, it sounds like you were a very smart, very bright young lady. And, and for the first time you realized um, that some of the things that were going on in your life were not okay. Mm-hmm. And you also learn about the gifts that you do have. And it sounds like you were just being, you were seen, you were, mm-hmm. your experience as a teenager at the time was validated and, and, and that's powerful. And, you know, I can relate to some of, to some of the things that you, that you shared, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah. And, and, and when it comes to just the, how your, your practice has transformed, uh, what are some of the things that perhaps as a, as a social worker early on in your career, what are some of the things that you wish you knew back then, perhaps, mm-hmm. you know, just through the process of continuing your healing is there anything that you feel that you have learned that you wish you knew then when you started off your career absolutely uh I remember so eagerly you know starting grad school getting to that internship uh wanting to do therapy with clients and I remember asking my supervisor, like, okay, so where's the manual? And she's like, manual for what? I said, the manual that's going to tell me like step by step, like what to do. And then she laughed and she said, oh, no, Gloria, that's not what it is. Like, you're going to just be in the room 
with the client and be present. And I was so petrified because I was like, no, but what if I mess up? But I don't have the plan, but I don't know how what I'm supposed to do. And so what I wish I would have known, because it took me some time to really work on being present and just going with the flow and just really being in the process. Uh, I wish I would have known it's okay to not have all of the rules laid out. Part of evolving and becoming a clinician is you also learning to show up in the space, you learning your own tools and gifts and practices that you have to offer. And, you know, I'm so blessed with the people that have came into my life in these last three years that have really shaped how I've shifted as a clinician, because I was like, okay, follow the agenda. Okay. Intervention. Okay. Practice here, do this, do that, do this. And so much in my head And really, in these last three years, I've learned to just be more present and to not have to worry about what is session going to look like and just, okay, we're just, I know how to validate, I know how to empathize, but do I know how to be present and just be in the space? So uh, I wish I would have known that at the beginning, like, it's okay to just be in the space. You don't have to know what you got to do every single session, because I was trying to plan every session, have all my games for the teens I was seeing or the kids I was seeing at the beginning. And I'm like, ah, I pobrecita, like, it's okay. Like just slow down and be present. Yeah, bringing some compassion to that younger part of yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Learning, it's part part of learning. And I think a lot of new therapists can totally relate to what you just shared because I was, I was like that too. You know, I think at the beginning, I think we all go through that process of, and then eventually, I think, I don't know if everyone, but I think a lot of therapists eventually realize that you, you as, as yourself, as your real, genuine, authentic self is the most powerful tool you have, yes. you know, yes. And, yes. And research shows that, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the number one predictor of success in therapy is the relationship, right? Absolutely. The, the way the, the, the client feels mm-hmm. with you. And it doesn't matter your experience. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter um, your technique or the tool. Mm-hmm. You know, if you use one technique or it doesn't matter, right? It just yes. matters is how they feel with you. And, and, you, mm-hmm. and you mentioned being present. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what people want. You know, they want to feel heard, validated, seen, just like I'm sure you alluded to that when you were a teenager, you felt seen mm-hmm. in that moment. Mm-hmm. That the therapist was very, very much present with, with you. Mm-hmm. He really just gave me the opportunity to share my story for the first time, to really not be afraid to share my story and to know, oh, I'm going to share and nobody's going to tell me, no, that's not how that goes or correct me or tell me, no, you can't share that. Just having the openness and the safety, because that was the other important piece, right? He made me feel so safe for me to say, okay, I can share about some of these things and really just allow myself to uh, be open and see where this takes me without fear, fear of uh, 
being told that that's not what happened, you know? Yeah, it's that power of, of being, um, like, being witness. I know it's yes. shade, but, you know, but it is, it really is being seen in that way. Kind of what it does, it, it gives our brain, um, like, an opportunity to re-experience these painful, difficult situations with someone there, right? Someone that is is listening. Corrective experiences. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, and so it's, it's so, so powerful. Um, and so... When it comes to your work now, you mentioned earlier that you try to you integrate the the holistic approach of mind, body, and spirit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, just you know, with when it comes to the the spirit or the you know that that the the spiritual component to therapy, mm-hmm. I mean, I believe is also critical. Uh, how do you see that as part of your work now, and what role does does it take in your practice now? Mm-hmm. Um, that is such an important question because I feel that that's the element or that piece of what you bring as a clinician into the space. I don't know that 10 years ago when I started my journey as a social worker that I said, uh, I want to explore spirituality and how to bring that in. You know, uh, spirituality is so much a part of my own healing Uh, as I shared about three years ago, you know, I had, it is really four years ago at this point, uh, the start of like my transformation of uh, just a person, my own body, mind, soul transformation, and really seeing, I always felt there was a missing piece. Like I got all these evidence-based practice certifications, and I really do believe in uh, some of the work behind them and uh, showing people how to do this, but there's a missing piece here. And I didn't quite know what that was until I had my own transformative experience and uh, walked away from a life that I thought I had planned out for myself. I was getting married and I was purchasing a home and uh, took a step back and realized this isn't the life I want for myself. And I walked away from my marriage like two months before I was going to get married And I don't recommend that for anyone. Uh, It was a painful experience, but so necessary for me to learn to step into my authentic self and in my own space of what, who is Gloria really? Like, who am I? And uh, that led me to be curious about just uh, transformation and just uh, feeling like, Uh, this is, this seems like spiritual. Like I feel so like a spiritual awakening. Like where, where did this come from? When people have asked me like, how did you know? I said, I honestly asked myself a question. Like, am I happy? Am I, am I here? Is this what I want? And uh, one thing led to another, it led me to a couple different things uh, that really led me to integrate some of these things into my own practices. So one, I decided I wanted to go back to therapy at that time. I need to go back to therapy and re-explore and reassess and see what are some of these things that even led me to, because, you know, I was in that relationship for almost five years. He was a great person. I just don't think he was the person for me, you know, and uh, that whole experience led me to uh, this therapist who not only was a psychologist, 
but was a shaman, is a shaman, and is a Taoist priest. So he's a Taoist priest, shaman, and a psychologist. So he, in his own practice, incorporates all sorts of different spiritualities and um, different cultures, different modalities. And the beauty behind this for me uh, as a person of color is that this person was a person of color as well. So to be in that space with somebody who saw me and understood life from my perspective as a person of color and could help me make sense of the spiritual component that I didn't realize was missing, I was inspired uh, by his practice as a psychotherapist that uh, it really gave me the confidence to decide to open my own practice. You know, at this point, I had already been licensed for two years and I thought I wanted to open a practice, but didn't really like, what would I do? What would that look like? And in my own work with my lovely therapist, uh, three years I worked with him uh, and it gave me the confidence to say, okay, I'm ready to offer my own space of healing that combines all of these elements. And working with him, it led me into uh, a love for uh, not only the spiritual, but also like astrology and learning about astrology and learning about crystals. And I was guided to a crystal shop during that transformative period of life. I asked for, I had a moment, I said, you know, let me like, please help me. Like, I'm not feeling like I spoke to, I, I call it God, my, you know, higher power, spiritual self. Like I'm, I need something to help me right now. And something said, search for a crystal shop. I can't even tell you. It was so intuitive. And I looked one up on Yelp. I had just moved to my apartment in Torrance and I lived right around the corner from one. And I just went with that. And I went to the shop, had never been in a crystal shop before. And I walked in there and felt so connected. Like when I tell you, here's that other missing piece. It's like, wow. And then I started to really get into crystals and learning about crystals and crystal healing. And it became so much a part of my own journey. So in my own healing, it led me to there have to be other women, other individuals that would be drawn to this kind of healing space. So that was this huge component that, you know, aside from the education, aside from my experiences in the different work settings I've had as a social worker, aside from all the evidence-based practices that I have, it's like, what, how is Gloria going to show up in this space and offer something to her community that people can connect with? And so I took all of those experiences and then again, went into meditation, God, I want to create this practice and glow in therapy was a name given to me by my higher power. And I just went with it. I was like, I love it. You can glow with glow in therapy. I'm going to do it. And then it just stuck. And then here I am, you know, uh, my practice anniversary, it'll be two years in October. So that just, yeah. Wow. Just to really think about where it started and how we got here. Um, it was my own experience and seeing how powerful it was for me that brought me to the space. Oh, wow. Thank you for, for that. I mean, there's so many directions I want to take so many <laughs> questions I have for you, but yeah. I, first, I just want to, um, point 
what you were, were referencing to the, 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 the being guided, right? I, I firmly believe that um, spirit, God, the universe, whatever you want to mm. call it, right, is always searching for oh, us. Yes. It's always trying to get us to, to find our way back to that source. Mm-hmm. And for you, it was through your own pain, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I believe a lot of people can relate to that story that you shared because uh, it is, th- you know, through uh, loss and you know, grief that mm-hmm. a lot of us find our way back to mm-hmm. our spirit, to to the core essence of who we are, mm-hmm. you know, and, and mm-hmm. beyond, you know, the life here in 3d you know we we go back we it forces us to reach out mm-hmm. to something greater than us because the pain is so it's it's so big and it's so um overwhelming that that mm-hmm. it, it's almost like we don't have a choice but to search for something beyond us mm-hmm. greater than us and what a wonderful uh therapist it sounds like he just um it was just meant to be for you to find this person that um, guided you in a way, you know, back to that, to spirit, guided mm-hmm. you back to, to that greater part within mm-hmm. yourself. And, and it helped, and he helped you tap into, to your gifts beyond just, um, as a therapist, but I, I get the sense that you're embracing the concept of being really a healer, helping those, yeah. you know, that mm-hmm. guiding those back, um, people that come to you, guiding them back to that source within them, not just mm-hmm. the, in the mind, but in the spirit and the integration of that, I think is, is so, so needed in therapy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we don't get taught that piece. You know, I think those of us that come from particular cultures, I know from me, I can speak about being uh, Afro Panamanian, you know, my mom's side of the family, uh, there's a lot of just Native American Indian culture uh, that was passed on, like even with us coming here, certain things that we just do uh, that I can't even, it's just so innate for me, like I just do some of these things, like the first time I smelled sage, when I walked into that crystal shop, I said, I remembered the smell when I was like three and four years old before I left Panama to come to California. You know, I remember this set. It brings me back to a space of uh, this is so much a part of me. I can't quite explain how, but it is, you know, so just even being able to connect with my lineage and my culture being so far away uh, for me has also been just so transformative and healing too. You know, my uh, therapist, he's actually, he was African-American and was so just aware of the importance of uh, what the Native American healing process looked like. Like there were certain you know, things that he gave me of just releasing ceremonies that I was like, this feels like home. Like I knew this in a past life or something, you know, and uh, yeah, just so transformative on so many levels. Yeah. It sounds like it it was amazing work Mm -hmm. and so much healing for you. And Mm -hmm. and you, you alluded to reconnecting with your roots uh, and, and the way I see it, you know, and, and when it comes to 
reconnecting with our lineage, I really see it reconnecting with that deep-rooted ancestral um, remembrance, mm -hmm. reconnecting with with those that came before us, they're in, whether in memory, spirit, however you connect. But I believe that there is so much healing that can happen just by embracing your lineage and embracing Absolutely. your ancestral um, memory and, and the connection with your ancestors. Can you tell us a little bit more about your own, uh, what are some of the things that helped you either then or now reconnect with your lineage? What are some specific yeah. things that you've done? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the one thing I come from a very big family, uh, my mom's side there, there were 14 siblings and she was number 10. And we were one of only two that have moved to the United States, like the rest of my family still lives in Panama. And the one thing that my mom always did uh, when I was younger is she never let me forget everyone like th this is your Thea so and so these are her kids, these are your cousins and so even though I live so far away and had a completely different life experience you know, uh, she never let me forget. She always was showing me, we had pictures of people so that I just wouldn't forget. Every so often she sent me back to Panama. Like I remember uh, I was nine, the first time I returned back and then I got to see everyone. And even though I wasn't there, I knew everyone because she made sure that I didn't forget. She really has shared those stories of just, um, like the love story between my maternal great grandparents is just one for like the movies, you know, just hearing about it. Uh, she never let me forget that either. And just connecting with her and um, there's that lineage, you know, there's a beautiful picture my mom had uh, taken for us before we moved here. And it was the four generations, my great grandma, my grandma, my mom, and then myself and it's such a beautiful photo. And for my mom, it's always just been just such a sacred piece of our of what we brought with us from when we, you know, moved and immigrated here. So she's done a really great job in terms of uh, helping me connect with my maternal side of the family. Same thing with my father's side, my father's side. Uh, my great grandparents, they're actually Jamaican, they're from Jamaica, but moved to Panama. Um, I know that I had family members that uh, were present and assisted, you know, during the whole construction of the Panama Canal and things like that. Uh, and so uh, there was a lot of um, documentation, just historical documentation of just the Osborne side and the Manhurt side, which is my um, paternal grandmother's side of the family. And uh, all of this was documented and put in a book. There's been lots of family reunions and that story has been just shared. And so since I was young, my father too, when he was here with my mother and I, uh, he never let me forget. He was like, here's this book, learn about your family, learn about our last name, where it comes from and what happened. And uh, I saw so, uh, since the get go, I was always really intrigued by just history and really learning about uh, my family line lineage and being connected. Uh, fortunately for me, a lot of my father's side of the family lives here in Los Angeles. 
So that's a main reason why uh, we ended up here in, in LA. I would wonder like, why didn't we go to the East Coast? All the Panamanians are on the East Coast or in Miami, you know, but for whatever reason, my father's family chose Culver City and we were in Culver City. And um, no matter what, there was always an honoring of where we came from, just because, yeah, both of my parents came from just very small towns, farms. Uh, I remember my grandma's farm didn't get electricity till I was 14. You know, it's like that's where where I come from and just honoring that and realizing I have so much privilege. It took my mother's bravery to leave everything and everyone she knew to come to America to give me a different life. You know, she didn't have to do that. Like I could still be in Panama wishing to come to the United States, but she chose a different life for me because she wanted to just have me, you know, open my mind and uh, allow myself to see there's this whole world out there, you know, but just really taking the time to always remember, no matter what, where I come from, who's in our family, who's a part of my family. And when I went through that whole transformational period, when I walked away from that engagement, uh, that was the first time I had prayed in a very long time. Like when you were talking about that pain that you feel that brings you back to source. And when I like silenced everyone and really went within, I heard so many people and I felt guided by so many people, not literally hearing voices, but just intuitively felt the presence of so like my maternal um, great grandparents, my paternal grandparents, a great grandparents, excuse me. Uh, and I never met these people outside of, okay, there's a baby picture with me and them, but I moved here and just feeling their presence. Like both of my parents were like, how do you know that? And I just said, cause I just listened in my heart. I went within, you know, and, uh, just feeling guided by, uh, them to really get reconnected with who I was, you know, and something said, Gloria, you got to do it. And I just was like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm following this. This just seems right, you know? So yeah, never forgetting, I would say, and knowing when I felt so disconnected, going back to what I knew was authentically me, my lineage. Absolutely. And, and it sounds like your parents, uh, really instill that in you, that, that seed of, of connection, with mm -hmm. where you come from. Mm -hmm. and it sounds like through storytelling and through mm -hmm. that process of them sharing this, this knowledge, this wisdom stories with you, 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 you had that already. And, and it was at that point in your life where, you know, when things were, were very, very difficult that you actually were able to reconnect, you know, to mm -hmm. that, that, that little seed that your parents had planted. Mm -hmm. You were able to, to, to use that to help you heal. And, 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 and I believe that they were, they were there with you, guiding you, even from before you became aware intuitively of their mm -hmm. guiding you up until that point. And, and once you brought them on I'm sure things just expanded for you as spiritually and and, and healing wise yes absolutely That's beautiful well thank you for sharing that story and you know you mentioned crystal healing and I love crystals too so, yes. <laughs> so I wanted to, to ask you yes how do you incorporate uh, the crystal healing because I, I think 
especially now, there's a lot of interest in crystals. For, I mean, of course, it's, they're beautiful to, to just look at and have. Mm -hmm. But when you really think of the power of healing or the, their power of healing, I think mm -hmm. it becomes even more amazing and interesting to, to talk about. So can you tell us a little bit more about, about what you found in terms of healing with crystals? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm someone who believes in just how we are all energy. At the end of the day, we're all just energy moving pieces showing up. And if you think about crystals and what they are, and they come from the earth, crystals are energy. And so if I if I can just accept that crystals come from the earth, they're a mineral, uh, there is an energy, there is a presence about them. Uh, and so intuitively, like I shared, I was guided to that shop, but then in the shop, there's so many different types of crystals and they have different healing properties. And, uh, I asked myself, okay, let me just take my time and just kind of peruse and look. And, uh, what I noticed is I feel more connected to certain crystals than not. And I think how that happened is because I said, let me just be open. I don't know what to expect in the store, but let me just be present. Something told me to come here. I followed it. I'm here. And uh, that's what started my journey. And that day at the store, I bought a couple crystals that I felt really called to. And then as I started to learn about them, uh, I started to learn about their healing, the different healing properties like rose quartz, you know, beautiful such a beautiful, uh, simple crystal that can do so much uh, was my first crystal. And uh, learning about rose quartz and the energy that it provides, I, I got curious, like, okay, well, how do people use crystals? And back then, I was really trying to get into meditation. And I my mind was so all over the place, as you can imagine, just trying to make sense of everything. And uh, I learned, oh, crystals can help you with meditation. Crystals can help as a meditation tool, as something to hold on to if you have a busy mind or something to just fixate and look at while you meditate. And so me personally, I started to get into, okay, I want to learn more about meditation for anxiety, which crystals are known to give off the energy or the properties that help people like silence the mind, feel more calm, uh, learn to let go of certain things. And uh, thus started a never ending love affair between me and crystals. Because yes, today I own like probably close to 300 of them. I've like read about them. I uh, share with clients. I have clients who ask me about them and I gladly share and give my knowledge. Uh, again, it was one of those things where I feel like I knew this in a lifetime. Like I can tell you so much about so many different crystals. And my friends are like, how do you know all this? How do you memorize all this? I said, I honestly, I don't know. I just am there and I receive and uh, they have, it's, they've done so much for me in my life, like gratitude just immensely for my willingness to follow the intuitive call back to crystals, because I do feel like this, they were a part of my life at some point. And like you said, when you stop and you listen and reconnect, it brings you back to just simpler things that helped people feel connected and gave people a sense of direction. 
So for someone that, that wants to get started, that doesn't own any crystals as of now, but listening to this, um, they got curious, what, what would you recommend to get started? What, what's a good one to start off with? Yeah, absolutely. So a really great one would just be a simple, clear crystal quartz. I would go into a shop and just ask, if you go to any shop, you're going to definitely see lots of crystal quartz and allow yourself to pick the one that really calls you. Maybe it calls you for its shape, for its texture, for how it looks, you know, and just let yourself be with the crystal. Just notice it. How does it make me feel? And uh, the thing about a clear crystal quartz is uh, so crystals are also really good for uh, setting uh, intentions and manifestations. So maybe you are in a tough space and you want to have a better day. Let's just use that. I want to have a better day. I'm going to go into a shop. I'm going to pick a clear quartz that calls me and I'm just going to say, you know what? I'm going to remember I purchased this crystal when I wanted to have a better day and just start there and see how it makes you feel over the next week. And a lot of it is what you believe, what you connect with. It's about you listening to yourself and tuning in with what makes sense to me. And uh, clear quartz is beautiful because it can really be for lots of different things. And you can also uh, cleanse it uh, very simply with, you know, some sage or even some salt water. You go to the beach, you just, you know, use some ocean water, cleanse your crystal. And uh, it just really allows for a great introduction into the crystal world. Well, thank you for that. And you mentioned rose quartz. What is that one good for? Rose quartz, yeah. For that one. Yeah. So rose quartz is so great for just unconditional love, anything love related. It's uh, known as a heart chakra uh, crystal. So chakras was another thing that I got into uh, during uh, my own healing journey. And every crystal is going to be connected to a certain chakra. And when you're recovering from love, let's say like a breakup, or you're trying to invite love into your life, it's all about connecting with your heart. And so rose quartz is a very gentle uh, crystal that helps you uh, stay centered and connected with the heart, whatever it might be that you're trying to bring in or release related to love. Thank you. And you know, for me, the my entry point to crystals was the amethyst. And that's because it was oh, a stone for my, it was my birthday stone, but I've always known that. And then I think it, it was someone gave me a crystal and it was just so pretty. And I just had it on my, on my desk and I didn't really do much with it until one day um, I was going to get ready to meditate in my office. And I just felt called to, to it. And I just, uh, you know, held it in my hands and, you know, and I just went with that through the meditation. And then that prompted me to do a little bit more research. It, you know, I think uh, for what you, what we've been, what you've been referencing is it just opens up your intuition, right? It's like one step leads to another. Your intuition starts guiding you one step at a time. Mm -hmm. And crystal, it, it, crystals are a good entryway. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. you mentioned chakra. So for a lot of people, it starts very small. And then you start going many, I, I know for me, you know, it's 
go one direction and that leads to another and then that expands and then you you realize how much wisdom and knowledge there is to know out there and it's and sometimes um gathering all of that and integrating it into your day-to-day sometimes that's, that, that could be a little challenging I know for me it could because mm-hmm. there's so much out there that I that I'm passionate about and that yes. I feel called to um what are some you know do you have any recommendations uh, for someone that wants to maybe per- perhaps has been exploring with different spiritual paths and just wants to integrate it to in something that is manageable and, and healing for them you know, just something small that they can do every day. What would that be? What would that be? Absolutely. I so relate to what you're sharing too, Rosa, like everything interests me. Like as a Gemini, I'm an air sign. I'm just like, oh, knowledge. I just want to have it, you know? And so a huge piece for me, um, because that's what I've really been focused on this last year. How can I just slow myself down? I don't have to absorb all of this all in one sitting right now. And so uh, something that I have found was really helpful for me. I made a list of all the things that I was really into, like astrology and birth charts and crystals and tarot and this and that, you know, and I really took a step back and said, okay, what do I feel most drawn to right now? And for me, that was uh, learning more about mindfulness and connecting with my breath. So that's where I started is because, you know, for me, I have had a history of anxiety and I learned, oh, learning to practice meditation, mindfulness and connecting with your breath is an effective way to work through anxiety. And so I just broke it down from there. And instead of saying, okay, my meditation has to look like this. It was more of, let me just get in the habit of practicing breathing uh, for two minutes a day. You know, let me see if I can do this for a day this week. Let me see if I could do it for two days, from two days to three. And I would just slowly build that up until I got into so much of a habit that I started to see the benefits of doing that. So I would say connect with what you feel most drawn to. So outside of, I was already collecting these crystals, but what I wasn't doing enough of was pausing and spending time with them because I became so, oh, they're so pretty. I just want them. And then I said, wait a minute, let me actually slow down a little bit, focus on what it is that I want to do, work through some anxiety, connect with breath. Oh, the crystals and surrounding myself with crystals actually helps me in this ritual process of calming down, you know, and you slowly start to integrate different things. But I would say really prioritize, what do you feel most drawn to? And then can you set, you know, five to 10 minutes, one day this week to do something and then notice how you feel and see if it calls you. And if it doesn't, that's okay, go back to your list and, and look at something else. And Uh, It doesn't have to look how it looks for that person. It's about what you connect with and what works for you. Absolutely. Well, thank you for that. And, and thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story, your wisdom, what you've learned and how you've integrated this in your life, not just your life, but also your work with, with clients, right? It sounds Mm -hmm. like you've been able to, to have a beautiful practice that's two years old and mm-hmm. it's going to just flourish uh, even more than it already has. And Thank you and so just, much. I'm so grateful for you to, for your, you know, being so candid and, and genuine with us here. Uh, mm-hmm. So 
for those that would like to get to know you, your work, get to know you better and, and follow you, can you tell us how they can find you? Yeah, absolutely. So my practice is called Glow in Therapy. So that's G-L-O-W, like your inner glow. And it's all one word, Glow in Therapy. You can find me on Instagram, on Facebook, and my website is just glowintherapy.com. And you can always reach out to me there. I post a lot on um, new moon and full moon rituals. Uh, coincidentally, tomorrow is this full moon in Pisces, which ends the astrological cycle of full moons for this year. Such a powerful time. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm always posting mantras uh, every two weeks. So if you need some sort of uh, pick me up boost, you can definitely check me out on one of my sites uh, just to get that uh, for the week for you. Definitely check her out. And once again, thank you so much for being here. And I hope to have an opportunity to talk to you more about all of these wonderful things that we talked about today. Thank you, Gloria. I hope you enjoy this episode. I hope that you found it healing and nourishing to your mind and soul. If there's a friend that you think would benefit from listening to this information, please share it. Share about our podcast. If you feel called to, please leave us a review as this really, really helps boost our presence here in Apple Podcasts and it makes it easier for others to find us to stay up to date on new episode releases and special events and projects that I'm working on. You can follow us on Instagram at Inner Healing Paths Podcast, and you can subscribe to my newsletter by going to my website, which is rosachettilcsw.com. And I will include this information and links in the show notes. Once again, thank you so much for listening, and I look forward to sharing with you again next time.